Hey everyone, welcome to Achieve Great Things Season 2. This is Episode 1, this is your host RJ. Uh, we're back in 2018, Happy New Year everyone, hope everyone's ready ready to go and get to work. Um, the goal of, of Achieve Great Things remains the same. We want to arm communicators um, who, are, who are out there trying to create impact in the world with tools and information you can use to do your jobs more effectively. We're going to try to keep it as, as practical and helpful as possible, so that hasn't changed. This season will have a bit of a different structure. We're going to split the season into three parts, which will all complement each other and bring us all together in the fall of 2018 with ideas for what we can do to advance the progressive issues we all care about. The first few episodes of this season will be a brief look back at what we learned in 2017. There were some communications challenges, of course, for progressives and people trying to create impact, but there were some victories as well, so we're going to revisit some of those. The second part of the season, which will be spring and early summer of 2018, will focus on interviewing people who were part of those victories in philanthropy, advocacy, and electoral politics. And then finally, the third part of the season, which will start in midsummer, will focus on how we can help progressives move forward in 2018 and beyond. We really appreciate everyone's support and feedback in season one. We want to continue to encourage people to reach us on Twitter at HattawayCom, H-A-T-T-A-W-A-Y-C-O-M-M. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Hadaway Communications, and email us at podcast at Hadaway.com. And if you can, and if you want to, give us a review on iTunes. So on to episode one. In episode one, we're going to look back a bit on what we learned in 2017. We're going to share a few lessons from select guests from our previous episodes. We obviously encourage everyone to go back and listen to all 23 of our episodes. They're all filled with nuggets of information, entertainment, tools, etc. Um, but we're going to just pick a few things to go back to 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 listen and and kind of reflect on what we heard um, before we get into episode two which will focus on a new interview and and kind of um, original content moving forward so where we're going first is episode 11 Uh, we talked with brad jenkins of funny or die this one's about elections and about engaging voters i'm just going to play a couple minutes of the conversation with him when he's talking about the need for democrats and progressives to get beyond traditional channels like advertising on television um, and use creative storytelling to connect with the next generation of voters. Funny or Die, of course, knows a lot about this topic, and, and they do a pretty good job of, of breaking beyond sort of traditional barriers and really connecting with people um, in a way that's emotionally resonant and, and important. So I'm just going to play a couple minutes of that and then come back. If we're thinking about communication, it's, you know, we're not, look, I'm not one of these people that thinks we're going to, like, go into Appalachia and convert Trump voters or coal miners, right? But... Again, if you're thinking about this younger demographic, if you're looking at these, these new poll numbers, um, it's, not a, it's not a done deal that you know, this, this new generation, yeah, they may be turned off by Donald Trump, but um, if we as Democrats aren't offering them a vision and also aren't communicating with them on their terms, um, we, you know, it's a jump ball, man. Like, who's to say who comes after Trump yeah. <laughs> on the yeah. Republican side? It's, I don't even, I'm shrugged. I, I have no idea yeah. who, like, if we, I mean, like, if you would have told us 10 years ago that Donald Trump would be president, I think that that's the same, that is my same feeling right now. So we have to fight fire with fire. We can't rely on, we can't rely on, you know, television commercial, you know, 30-second tele, television commercials and New York Times op-eds in order to uh, reach uh, this new rising electorate that is more diverse, you know, um, 
all all over the country, um, and who don't who don't identify as any party. Yeah, um, that's where I feel like comedy also could be. You know, it's it's like a gateway drug. It's an mm-hmm. opportunity to it's it's we're entertaining first. That's the big thing. Like mm-hmm. if 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 our if our content isn't entertaining, there's no point in us creating it. And and if the if the content is entertaining and it's ridiculing and it's firing people up, then that's even better. But um, you know, I, and and the, the, the last thing I'll say is, you know, I'm trying to say that everyone should go out and try to be try to do jokes, or every group should have, you know, be doing comedy creative campaigns. <laughs> right, there right. is a version of there, you know, there there's a version of this for all types of storytelling, right? There there is a version of this for in the story of incredible volunteers that are on the front lines. There's a version of this of, you know, uh, you know, maybe it's not funny. Maybe it's like very, um, you know, it's very illuminating, you know, maybe basic facts. I feel like Robert Reich does a really great job at this, right? Where it's just, mm-hmm. he does Facebook live and, and he's educating and he's using a chalkboard and he's breaking down. So, you know, it, it comes in a variety of forms. What I am troubled by is that I'm still not seeing institutional uh, bravery and creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, like, this is a time where everyone should be doing this. Everyone has an iPhone, right? <laughs> everyone, everyone has an iPhone. Everyone can edit. Um, yeah. If, like, 18-year-olds can do snap stories and become celebrities, why aren't large organizations that have millions of dollars of, 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 you know, overhead being innovative on digital every day, you know, like yeah. we're just not, I'm just not, you know, I'm just not seeing it. So you heard Brad talk a little bit about what he thinks organizations need to do. And we've seen some organizations and campaigns do, do what he said successfully in 2017 and including some of the elections that happened in the fall of 2017. Um, in future episodes, we're going to talk to some of the organizations who embrace this advice and talk to some candidates and people who who worked for the candidates to get similar input. So next, I want to hop back to episode five, which was an interview with Mike Breen of the Truman National Security Project. He had a really interesting perspective as someone who goes out and talks to people about national security. And he talks about the necessity for progressives to acknowledge people's fears and concerns about their lives and about the world so that we can break through and have real conversations. Um, a lot of times we try to push our policies on people, and, and this kind of gets back to the theme that we heard a lot in 2017, which was we need to listen more. Um, but he has a pretty unique take, so let's listen to a little bit of that. Let's go back to the fear thing for a second because um, I think one side of the political aisle uses fear to its advantage and the other side doesn't. So what, you know, the example of terrorism and um, people being afraid is a good one. And at this point, people are afraid of lots of stuff. They're afraid of losing their health care. They're afraid right. of losing their job. They're afraid. People are people are feeling insecure and, and afraid. But um, progressives don't really latch on to that fear, right? We, right. We're sort of constantly pushing for the for the positive. So what's the role of kind of leveraging that, you know, to, to look cynically at it from a communications perspective? Is that something we should be thinking more about like tapping into that or should we continue to try and counter it with you know here's how our positive ideas are going to overcome your fear i think it's both yeah um 
I, I think I am not advocating and, and would never advocate for a politics of fear. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the other things that this election showed us um, on the left is that progressives, progressive voters mm-hmm. are not motivated by fear. Yeah. They don't, they don't go to the ballot box in large numbers. They That's don't, true. They don't go to that voting booth because they're against something. They want to be for something higher. Um, so there's, I understand there's a reluctance among a lot of a lot of progressives and a lot of people who want to lead in a values-based, affirmative, visionary mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. to embrace fear. And I'm not suggesting that we do. I'm suggesting that we acknowledge it. Yep. Uh, I think there's a two-step process we have to use on security issues. Mm-hmm. The first is to acknowledge the fear and make a human connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to use a great example um, that we use a lot in our own training at Truman, um, I mean, I know how incredibly unlikely. I mean, I've, I've done counterterrorism work and national security work for mm-hmm. a lot of my life. Yep. I've, I have fought terrorists myself. <laughs> yep. I know how unlikely it is, <laughs> right. uh, you know, that a, re- a retiree in Peoria is going to die at the hands of an ISIS fighter. Mm-hmm. However, um, if that person says to me, mm-hmm. I'm really afraid mm-hmm. of terrorism, yep. uh, my response is not to say, well, you shouldn't be because X, Y, and Z. My yep. response is to say, well, you know, I live and work within a two-mile radius of the White House, the largest terrorist target in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I rise and sleep under that same fear that you that you know. You know, I've, I've faced these people on the battlefield, so I know exactly what they can do. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we need to, we, the fear is real. Mm-hmm. And I personally feel that fear. You need that personal connection however you can. I'm yep. a father. I worry about my daughter's future. I, you know, she goes to school within five miles of the White House, <laughs> right, right? Right. And so in order to, to keep her safe, what we need is an approach that is about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And now you can lay out your policy ideas. Now you can say, we need to leverage diplomacy. We need to leverage uh, our moral leadership. We need to invest in education and healthcare in the world so people have opportunities beyond just joining a terrorist organization. We need to think about climate change because climate change makes terrorism more likely. I can say all these things mm-hmm. now. Because I don't sound like an alien to that scared yeah. woman. Yeah. So you, you you have to earn the right to be aspirational. Mm-hmm. That's and, a really And, and you point. do that by meeting people where they are. I really love Mike's example of trying to talk to someone about their fears and then relating it back to your own experience and just showing that there is common ground. Um, again, a big theme in 2017 was finding common ground. So we're going to go back and, and talk to some people who said they were going to go out there and listen and learn and find common ground and see what they did learn. And lastly, we're going to revisit an interview we did with Emily Norman of Global Strategy Group, um, who talked about, among other things, the importance of investing in diverse leaders, candidates, and organizations. This is a really powerful idea. I I think this time is super exciting. There are a ton of people who are engaged, who have never been before. Um, People are starting new organizations all over the place. I'm going to a fundraiser for one tonight. Um, (laughs) But... uh, I think that what we have to remember as all of these new local groups pop up and people feel inspired is who we want our party to be in 10 and 15 years and make sure that we're creating space hmm. for those people. I, it's really easy, like I'm, I'm as bad as everyone else where I'm going to my friend's fundraiser tonight and I don't think I'm going to a fundraiser of someone I don't know yet, but I, I really, I'm challenging myself to do it and I really challenge everyone else to pause and pay attention and see if they hear about new organizations or folks who are doing interesting work that is different, that is more reflective of who we want to be. I really think we need to open the space for people of color, for women. We don't want to, I don't think, again, we should be running a ton of white man, man tickets. Um, and so, 
I, I just really hope that we invest in this time where so many people are activated and growing the leaders of the next decade and really building our bench. Um, I think that's super important and I think it's something we all struggle with because it's easy to go to our friends and it's hard to find something totally new mm-hmm. or to be uncomfortable um, and like push yourself into a new community where you know no one. Mm-hmm. And Emily's List has done a lot in the past yeah. several months, right? They've been great. Get... They, I've heard that they had the greatest interest they've ever had in yeah. candidate recruitment. Yeah, um, thousands and thousands of, of women interested yeah. in running for office, which is great. So what Emily brings up here is the thing that I'm most excited to drill down into, um, talking to diverse leaders and organizations about those experiences in 2017, what they did, what they learned, and and what they're looking to do in 2018 and beyond. We hope that these interview snippets sort of provided you with a little bit of uh, a reminder of some of the, the things we talked about, but also some food for thought moving forward. And there's a lot to think about and a lot to do for season two of, of the podcast, but we're really excited about it. We're really excited to kind of dive into more depth and also really psyched to look at some of the victories in, in 2017 and advocacy and philanthropy and politics so that we can kind of reflect on, on what, what happened, but also give people tools and, and advice for what they can do in 2018 and beyond. Thanks for tuning in to Achieve Great Things. Reach out to us on Twitter at HadawayCom on Facebook at facebook.com slash Hadaway Communications, or email us at podcast at Hadaway.com. We appreciate your support, and please keep the feedback and comments coming. Until next time, thanks again.